Okay, here we go. What's up, people? It's Hotep Jesus. We back with another sharp conversation with Hotep Jesus. It's been a while since I've done one of these. Feels good to be back talking to some great gentlemen tonight. Um, you know, you you're on Twitter and you you meet people and you know, you 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 find common interests and you start appreciating minds out here. And um, two guys who have come across my desk and my social media feed that I really enjoy interacting with. And, you know, I'm a proponent of just like, you know, listen to your elders. You know, I really come from that world of listen to your elders. Um, and these guys definitely have more, more wisdom than I do. So I learned from them a lot. Um, and we were speaking about and tried to plan this conversation. And I was like, yo, right now is like a really good time to have this conversation with them. So we were able to get this great conversation scheduled. Um, I myself um, met Red Horse. I haven't had a chance to meet Chief Chuck. Me and Red Horse, we we hung out, um, had uh, lunch in Atlanta. What was that? Last year or the year before? Yeah, it was it was uh, two summers ago. Right before, yeah, that was the the year before uh, pandemic. Right, right when you could actually go outside. Yeah, when 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 the the, the freedom was sort of still there. <laughs> Hell yeah! So I know you know my audience may or may not be familiar with you. So go ahead and um, I want you guys to tell people um, where you're from first and foremost. Where you're from? Where you at? Go ahead, Chief. All right. Well, thank you. Um, hey, thanks for having me. This is so cool. I've been wanting to do this for so long. Um, and it's good to be here. Good to talk to, to good friends. So uh, I'm Chief Chuck. You, if you see me on Twitter, um, you know, dad jokes, elder wisdom. Um, I grew up in a little town called Livonia, Georgia. As okay. it is, is about, about 45 minutes from, you know, the area, general area where the, the mystic is. Um, you know, right up on I-85, right on the Georgia-South Carolina line. Uh, grew up in Georgia. Uh, spent most of my early years there. And then uh, departed there and went on to the Navy and eventually to where I'm at now, right outside of our nation's capital. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, grew up grew up with a strong southern, the, the old family traditions of a, of a, a Georgia southern. Um, and I don't. I mean, that is, you know, you say, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, sir, no, sir. Uh, your granny would send you out to pick a switch. And if people in your audience don't know what a switch is, Red Horse and I will educate them later. <laughs> your granny would send, send you out to get a switch. And if you picked the wrong one, she'd go pick one and she'd come back with a tree branch. But, yeah, you know, I grew up with everything that's anti-today. I mean, I got my ass beat. Um, I got my back of my head slapped. But I grew mm. up with manners. I grew up with a respect for my elders, with respect for hard work, honesty, honor, um, and, and a good good cultural background of manners, which, you know, I got to tell you, man, if, if anybody ever asked me, how did I get to where I am today and how did I become so successful? Hmm. It's not because I'm smart. I am good looking, but it's mostly because I have manners. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I'm from, Hotep. That, 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 you know, that, that 
the reason the reason why I asked because I prepped for this right, and the reason why I wanted to ask that first is because you can tell a lot uh, about somebody about where they're from and the time period they're from, right? So right now I want to go with the where, and then we'll go with the time, um, sure. and it kind of tells you how they became that individual. Red Horse, you're are you from Georgia? No, I've I'm a as I there's that damn fly I was talking about. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I am a as I said earlier I'm a North Carolina hillbilly. I was uh, born and raised there, but uh, spent a uh, little bit of t uh, time in uh, South Carolina for my uh, high school years. Okay, but beyond that, uh, once once I uh, went in the military. I've been in Georgia ever since, with the exception of one year in Tennessee in the early 90s. So I am Southern born and bred. I am, uh, like my brother, uh, a huge proponent of good manners, refinement, uh, respect. You know, our culture is an honor culture, and that's in, in the best sense of the word. And um, we, we look around us and we've had this discussion online, offline, sober, a little less than sober. And we just, uh, you know, we feel like what our, our mission is, if, if you want to call it that, okay. is just letting people know that there, there is another way, there's another option. Mm. And, you know, uh, having self-respect and, and dignity uh, is not, it's old school, but it's not old fashioned. Mm. You know, it's something that it transcends time. It transcends place. And that's what, that's what our scene is. And you'll, you'll find if you, if you're going to ask how old we are, you know, we're, we're within like three or four years of each other. So, you know, we're, we are, we are part and parcel of our, uh, our upbringing. Yeah. Well, you know, it's not really the age so much. It's more about the time period. Right. So, we're in some funny times right now, and I really want to just do a flashback, right? To shout out to Def Jewels 299 Super Chat. Appreciate that. Yo, stop grifting. Hit the super chat button. Drop the super chat. Baby needs some new shoes. The show ain't free. And at the very least, stop grifting and hit the like button. Um <laughs> <laughs> I like a man to know what he wants. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um It's the whole Tap Jesus show, damn it. Um <laughs> <laughs> the time period so in your you know i want to say grade school high school what do you guys remember about the times right the president and the culture of your times who was the president let's start there who were some of the memorable presidencies you remember and what was it like under those presidents go ahead chief um, yeah, when I was in elementary school, I mean, I was born in 1963 and in October and a month later, President Kennedy was assassinated. Mm. So, um, you know, President Johnson came on board. But as I grew up, you know, it was it was the Johnson, you know, era and and then succeeding and following that, you know, it was just a, a time. What I remember most, I mean, it was it's quite, you know it's not a hard conversation to have, but it's a conversation that has to be had. I went to elementary school. We, we actually integrated in when I was in third grade. Mm. So, you know, I grew up in a very small rural town and, you know, Brian, I'm going to tell you, this is probably going to just irritate a lot of your listeners, but it's the truth. Okay. It's what it was. You know, I grew up in a little small town and, 
the the black population lived in a certain section of town and then there was everybody else and th- you know that's just the way it was and we integrated our elementary school when i was in third grade and what i remember most about that is you know honestly i go back to that memory and we knew what we didn't really know what was going on around us you know our parents did a good job we didn't have 24 hour news our yeah. parents shielded us from it you know, for us, to be honest with you, it was just like in third grade, it's like, hey, look, we got some new friends. Mm. We got new kids. We got new kids to play with. Mm. This is awesome. Mm. You know, we've been playing with the same group since kindergarten. <laughs> yes. Well, now we got some we got some new friends. So I think, you know, in, the, in my early formative years, you know, and, and I remember my dad was a, a volunteer firefighter. And I wrote about this before on one of my blogs is, you know when Dr. King was assassinated, the town erupted in riots. Mm. But, but I remember that very, very, very sharply that, you know, Hey, you know what? We were scared too. Everybody was just scared. Mm. You know, it didn't matter what color you were at the end. It was just, everybody was scared. And as we got through that time in Vietnam, I lost a cousin. Everybody was just scared. Mm. And I think, I think I've lived long enough now to where I'm seeing the exact same thing in this modern day and time where everybody's scared. Mm. Fear is what we're, we're selling and fear is what's driving our things today. But that's, that's what I remember growing up. And that's what kind of formed me and, and started getting me on the path that I'm on. Mm. Mm. So you're seeing a lot of similarities between then and now. I am with the fear personally. Mm. I do. I think, I think people, people are, they're not so afraid, afraid of the events Mm. because, you know, here's the thing. Two days after those riots, I go back to school a few years farther along in elementary school. And without the narrative and without being told what to think, we're on the playground playing again. Mm. We didn't care. We were kids. Right. Right. We didn't care we were playing, mm. but when people shape the narrative around you and you're susceptible to that, the fear will drive you. And that's where I started learning early. And my dad, my dad is a, as a, as a city leader, a fireman, you know, I remember a, a, a very poignant lesson is he became a councilman and he went and rode the garbage truck. Mm. And I asked him, I was embarrassed as a kid. It's like, man, my dad's riding a, but my dad said, how can you lead people and how can you empathize with people if you don't know the situation they're in mm. and you see the world through their view? Mm. And that stuck with me. And that's what led me on this thing with honor, of mm. honor, respect, empathy. Try to see everybody's vision from their perspective. So, mm. Mm. I love yeah. that. I love that. Uh, Red Horse, what, same thing. What was the life and times? Mm. President, what do you remember of those times? Well, I was born uh, a couple of months. Uh, well, actually, I don't know if it was. Ah, oh, geez, I was so young at the time when I was born. <laughs> uh, I, I was born in '61, and that was uh, that was around the time that uh, the first U.S. astronaut, uh, Commander Alan Shepard, strapped himself onto a uh, basically a bomb that had been built by the lowest uh, bidders. Oh yeah prayed his way up and down you know, for, I think it was about a 15 minute flight. Um, my earliest memories are three years old. Uh, I remember 
obviously I don't remember President Kennedy's assassination, but I do remember a year later people being very sad because someone very important had been killed. Mm. So, you know, even then that, that, that's starting to set in. Yeah. And, and like the chief, I went through uh, Johnson and uh, Nixon, you know, I lived through Watergate and all, all that nonsense. I mean, I really am a product of the sixties, the seventies, mm. eighties, the nineties, and a little bit of the two thousands. Mm. And uh, you know, I didn't know it at the time. Um, I w- went to the, the first elementary school I went to, uh, you know, we were integrated. I, I didn't know what that was. I didn't know what that meant. You know, there were white kids and black kids. Mm. And one of my best friends was a, a chap named Derek mm. and uh, Derek did not reflect the same amount of light that I did. He was, he was cool. Mm. I, I loved Derek. Mm. And, uh, but I think it was in the fourth grade. Suddenly I had to go to a different school mm. and I did not know it at the time, but I was, I was being bussed <laughs> to the other side of town to what apparently was, uh, uh a, uh, much less uh, common uh, neighborhood than what I grew up in. Mm. I mean, it all looked the same to me. Everybody was the same, you know. I was, I was fortunate enough that I was a smart kid, and you know, I didn't have any issues. And b- let me tell you, when I learned in, I don't know if it was the third or fourth grade, that something called slavery existed in the United States, mm. like what, mm. what? I'm thinking, you know, slavery is, you know, biblical stuff and pharaohs and, and pyramids and mm. stuff like that. And you, so, you know, if, if people had just left me alone, I wouldn't know who I was supposed to like and dislike. I would, I mean, yeah. I like people based on who they are. You know, what Dr. King said is, is, I, I mean, it's, it is beyond deep. People, you respect people for their character. Mm the color of their skin and and that ties in so well to what the chief and i are all about character character mm-hmm. and, and you know you can start out doing dumb shit i'm, I'm a perfect example <laughs> and you're you're you can you can develop your character you can grow and 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 make yourself something that you maybe weren't inherently mm-hmm. you know it's, yeah. it's very few people that are beyond redemption mm. Mm, mm. you know if if people are self-honest the 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 world's your oyster what about the wars vietnam do you remember did you did you oh yeah oh man let me tell you every night it it was the equivalent then of what we have with with media now uh you know six o'clock seven o'clock at night you we had three stations you know cbs abc nbc and, uh, you know, Walter Cronkite every night uh, sitting at the dinner table telling us how many people had been killed in, mm. in the day's actions. Mm. And I was, I missed the draft, I want to say by three years, okay. three years. So, uh, you know, I, I didn't have to deal with that. And, uh, mm. you know, even though I did join the military, you know, I, was, I was in the Air Force for a, for a stretch. Okay. And, um, but I mean, it was a thing. It was, you know, what, why are we, it, yeah. And when you're six and seven and eight years old, you know, I'm more interested in the, the moon landing. Mm. You know, that was, you know, that was my scene, yeah. but I mean, it was, it was part of the, the, 
the like I said, it was the the equivalent then of what we have now turned turned down much much less. You know, there was no twenty four hour news cycle. Right. You know, pe- people read newspapers. Mm-hmm. People read magazines that came out once a month. And you know, if if you, if you wanted something immediate, you you might listen to the local AM radio station in between the farm reports and the uh, you know the, the the latest rock and roll single. You know, you might hear something you know really bad, like you know the the whole uh, Watergate fiasco was just un- unprecedented. Not the criminality of it, but the fact that it was covered the way it was. Mm. Mm. Um, how? Countess of Monte Cristo, five dollars super chat. Oh yeah, baby. Appreciate you, homie. Um, back in the day, did they have? Were people getting canceled for their opinions? Were people? What, what was the political scene like between Americans? Was it so, you know, partisan? And what was that like? Well, I, I can remember some of the protesting that went on in the, and probably, gosh, what was it? Red horse. It was probably the late sixties, early seventies. By the time I was 10, the watch riots. And, and yeah. All yeah. I mean, you can, you know, you saw the protesters and they were protesting the Vietnam war and you would see a little bit of it. Um, and then you had, you know, the, the equal rights marches, and you saw a little bit of that on the news and, you know, the women's rights, you know, the burning the bras, the hippies all came along. But I think what's different than today is, you know, back then I can remember my, my grandfather and my, my pop, you know, they would talk about stuff. And, and listen, I got to say this right now, you know, you really want to know what's I'm just going to cut to the chase. You know what's killing the world right now? What's that? We need old school barbershops. Yeah. We need old school barbershops where the man used to go. You didn't have to get your hair cut. <laughs> but but the, the men sat around and they discussed the politics of the day. You heard the stories and you would hear your parents. You'd hear the men around you talking about these things. But it's like it was always an undertone of, hey, you know what? That's their right. Mm. Good on them. You know. Back then, I think we had more of a. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't know if you can say it was a respect for an opinion, but what it was, a, what it was, was a respect acceptance. for your right to have an opinion, acceptance mm. of a different opinion, not not even embrace yeah. of it, but acceptance. Okay, yeah. I, I think you you are off base. I think you're wrong. As long as you're not forcing that on me or yeah. a threat to to my family or to someone that can't defend themselves, you know. There you I mean, I mean, you had the political parties that were always there, but there was always those those handful of statesmen that we don't have anymore. The statesmen would always come together, and they would know how to compromise. They understood that, hey, man, I'm going to go all out in this direction. You're going to go out in this direction. We both know that we're out of the box. We're never going to get to that. So let's come somewhere in the middle, and we both get a little bit of what we want. And you saw that a lot. I think that was that was what I remember and what I miss about the political climate then was, A, people had a, they had a respect for your difference to do what you wanted to do. Mm-hmm. You know, you may have an opinion. I may think you're dumber in a box of hammers, but it's your right to be dumber in a box of hammers. Mm. 
and I'll help you out if I need to. Mm. But we also respected the differences and we knew how to compromise. I think that's a big difference of what we're missing today. And, 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 and even into, you know, tell me uh, even into your adulthood, because your adulthood is probably happening in the 90s and the 2000s, mm-hmm. right? So I still feel like people still had a little bit of that same culture. Oh, dear. Um, uh-oh. <laughs> need, let's, you need to, let's, I, I don't want to leave a thread dangling. No, um, please. A pivot point where, where there was a, a the first transition that was Kennedy's assassination. Okay. Uh, all, you know, innocence was lost with that. Mm. You know, that, yeah. that changed the world. You know, it, it was said that nine 11 was our JFK assassination. Mm. Well, for those who, who, who need, you know, measure of that Kennedy's assassination was their nine 11. It mm. was, it, it changed the world. Mm. And that was the first loss of innocence. I think the next big loss of innocence was Dr. King's assassination, Bobby Kennedy's assassination, um, and yes. then the even more than Watergate, the, uh, the things that happened at Kent State, where the National Guardsmen killed uh, a bunch of college, well, not a bunch, several college kids that were protesting. You know, things just, things have never recovered from that. Mm. So, you know, my, my really formative, well, not formative, my young adult years were uh, late 70s through the 80s. You know, I, was, I, I hit my uh, 30s in, in the early 90s. So, uh, like I said, I, I am a product of, I, I am a child of the 60s. I am a child of the 70s. I am a child of the 80s. I am a child of the 90s. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of hopefully an adult in the 2000s and the, and the, the naughty, you know, the naughty audience or whatever. Mm. But to the thing that a lot of people, when we got into the whole lack of accountability and, mm. and personal responsibility, you know, I, I've commented several times on Twitter over the years about the fact that nature uh, doesn't give out participation trophies. <laughs> you know, you've got yeah. to, you, you can't just show up and say, give me my trophy. Yeah. Uh, you do that and you know, you do that out in the wild and you might end up dead. Mm. So, you, you know, you, you have to be accountable now. And, and, and what is missing in this day and age among you know, the lack of accountability is mentors, fathers, exemplars, mothers to a lesser degree on the feminine aspect, certainly, but okay, you screwed up. Now let's, let's talk about and how to fix it and, and to make sure you don't do the same thing again that, you know, I always say it, make new mistakes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so that's a huge thing. And, you know, the chief can talk on this a whole lot more than I can about what, what once was a great institution that being the boy scouts mm. and what that used to do for young men. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that's, that's <clears throat> the political wokeness that we have walked into over the past years and the lack of accountability and there's personal responsibility. Don't get me wrong. There's leaders in the boy scouts that did wrong. There's Catholic priests that did wrong. There's a lot of people doing wrong. So let's just, let's, let's, let's call that even 
take that off the plate, zero sum. The premise behind what the Boy Scouts and to a degree what the Girl Scouts were doing was I was a Boy Scout leader all during my son's Scout career with Cub Scouts and Boy Scouts. The, the, the value that no one sees is being able to have that time where you have young, young men out in the woods camping, learning skills, but where I made, where I made the money, and I, call, I say money in, in life currency, is call it chief coin if you'd like, and I'll sell you some for <laughs> no, we're not doing cryptocurrency, but no, I mean, I made my money is you could sit around night around a campfire and you talk, and I had that opportunity in a setting that I could, I could tell stories and I could relate to young men about this is how we, this is how we as men of honor act. Mm. This is how you act as a gentleman, this is how you treat people. These the same reason we had for merit badges, they had to go to an adult. Mm -hmm. We were, we were teaching young men how to go and talk to an adult mm -hmm. about a serious topic, which was really to prepare them to go do a job interview. Mm -hmm. We didn't, we didn't have zoom. We didn't have, we didn't have WebEx. <laughs> we didn't have Microsoft teams. You had to go in and sit in front of someone and do a job interview. Yeah. But that's, it was, we, we lost that when we could hold young men accountable, you, being an Eagle scout, you know, my son was an Eagle Scout. I wasn't because I got the fumes. I got the perfumes, the car fumes, you know, and, and I let it slide. But my son was an Eagle Scout, and it used to carry weight on the resume. Because yes. of what you, you were held accountable to have to do to earn that. Yes. And earn, earn is the key word. Yeah. So, you know, we, we, are, we are losing, and that's what Red Horse and I are trying to do is Take young men and, and, and A, you have to be accountable for yourself, but you also have to learn how to walk with honor. You have to walk with integrity. And what is character? Character is your integrity. You know, how do you act when I'm not looking? You know, stuff like that. Very, very basic, simple stuff. But we've lost holding young men accountable. And I'm not going to speak to young women, not saying they don't need mentoring, not saying they don't need leadership. But in the context of the conversation of what I'm good at, is teaching young men how to live with honor, how to live with integrity, how to be accountable to yourself, you know? And, and I mean, you've seen it. I've seen, you've tweeted about it. You've commented about it. Red Horse has done it. There's nothing more than we love calling out of people. And we'll, we just hammer them and they deserve it. We hammer people that if you're going to come online and be stupid and not be accountable for what your mouth says through the fingers on your keyboard, mm -hmm. we're going to call you on it mm -hmm. and you deserve it. Mm, mm, mm. I feel like some of that is uh, got to do with what you were talking about earlier. Like you said, back in the day, you had to deal with corporal punishment. Did you deal with corporal punishment, Red Horse? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I am intimately familiar with the business end of a belt. Mm-hmm. I had to go out and get my own switch. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, I did the perp walk. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I, I know that there is, or there are differing perspectives on that. You know, even a lot of the guys that we all mutually respect, you know, are, you know, anti-corporal punishment. Uh, if you've not been taught how to use it properly, you definitely don't need to be dispensing it. Mm. That's, mm. You know, we use the term, yeah. we got beatings, beat, you know, we got beatings. Well, man, my mom, I got took a, I got a beating last night. 
Mm-hmm. But you, you have to look at what that meant at the time. I was never abused mentally, mm-hmm. physically, emotionally, or spiritually. I was taught. Um, I, you know, when I was raising my son, I tried to, to better the way I had been raised. And I made a lot of mistakes with him. I really did. Um, not that I didn't hold him accountable, but one thing, one dirty little secret about life and the chief and I'll go ahead and tell you right now, we're all making this stuff up as we go, mm-hmm. whether you're, whether you're 20 or whether you're, uh, you know, 98 years old, we, you know, sure. The chief and I've got uh, some years under our belt. We've got some experiences. We've got knowledge, wisdom. Yeah. But you know, there are people in my life that are in their eighties and I still refer to them as sir and ma'am. And I, I listen oh, yeah. now to what they say where I didn't want to listen when I was you know, a teenager or even up into my probably early thirties. Mm. Mm. Oh yeah. We had, we had, the, we had the high school principal and teachers. We had paddles mm-hmm. in our school. Oh yeah. I was getting beat in school. Oh yeah. yeah. Mm. Oh yeah. If you want to be, and I was a class clown, trust me. <laughs> I got, I got my young ass pulled up in front of the class and the principal would walk the halls twirling his paddle. They had holes drilled in them for, to lessen the air resistance. Um, so it was part science project and part corporal punishment. But the thing was, is they would pull, they pull you in there for being the clown and they give you like one, they, they would give you one, you know, bend over and grab your ankles. They give you one, but here's the thing. They did it in front. They explained what, this is why you're in trouble. This is why you're being punished. And they did it in front of people to set that example. Mm. There's always going to be an example. Yeah. And when my, my dad would spank me, but my dad would always sit. And I thought it was the biggest lie I ever heard him when I was a child. When my dad would say, son, this hurts me more than it's going to hurt you. <laughs> Until I became a father and I had to dis, I had to dispatch punishment and discipline and it crushes your heart it does to have to to have to discipline your child but you know it's for their own good and and yeah. everybody needs to remember discipline disciple it all comes from the word teach and that's what you're doing it sometimes you have you have to get the point across in such a way that it's not violent it's not abuse it's an attention getter because kids are knuckleheads and they're hard-headed and it's, you know what, and I don't, I don't advocate it today because I think right, right, what Red Horse said is correct is too many people do not know how to distribute it properly. What, what does that mean? How, was, how do you do it properly? Properly in my understanding and the way that I would recommend, or I, I don't, I'm like the chief, I wouldn't even teach someone how to do this, <laughs> is, is, is the understanding of you want to get someone's attention. Mm. And, you know, with, with me, uh, you know, we all had our, uh, I'm pretty sure the, the chief can uh, agree with this, we all had our least favorite way of being disciplined. With me, it was a belt. Uh, with, uh, with some other kids I knew at the time, it was the switch, you know, switch to me was nothing. I mean, you could, you, you could come yeah. at new branch and, ah. but a belt and the thing of it is a belt, we're going into an S and M discussion here. <laughs> <laughs> it's more the, and the same thing with the paddle too. It's more the sound. Mm. 
you know, the, 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 it's one of those weird things, the worse it sounds, the mm. less it hurts. Mm. You know, I, I feel really sorry for you know, kids that grew up a generation before me that had, were on the receiving end of razor straps, mm. those damn things, yeah, three inches wide, about 24 inches long, and probably about a quarter of an inch thick. They mm. were cowhide mm. and those things, from what I've heard of people that, that were on the receiving end of a lesson from a razor strap, that did often cross the line. Mm. Yeah. I, I, think, I think, Brian, too, one of the things is you, do, you get it done in front of the class and it was embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, that's the big pain. So you would get embarrassed. So that became the, the trigger to not do this behavior. Mm-hmm. It wasn't you were worried about getting, your, getting paddled. It was embarrassing to, get, to grab your ankles and get hit on your butt in front of your friends because <laughs> they're laughing at you. <laughs> at home, when you got punished, your dad, my dad, I never forget, my dad was the, the, he was the one, you wait till your father gets home. Yeah. So that gave you about four hours to just dread it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you couldn't eat. You couldn't enjoy your afternoon snack. You didn't want to watch, you know, the Flintstones. You didn't want to do this. You were just dreading dad coming home. Yeah. And then when dad did it, he would, he would administer his punishment. And then he would always go, you know, I think what bothers me more, son, is, is you disappointed me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So dad, you transition. As you get older, you can, you can slap a kid. You can pop his ass, hit him with the butt. But what really started getting me into this day, and here's what's important. I am 57 years old. My dad has been passed away for 10 years now. God bless. Every day that I wake up, I ask my creator, please don't let me disappoint my dad today. Mm. That's where I come from. That's what drives me is my dad is still to this day. I do not want to disappoint him and I want to be the man he was. Sorry. Um, Breezy 499 said, sounds like the era when the modern day neocons were becoming the dominant force in the GOP. I'm 21, uh, but much respect to y'all. Appreciate you for the, for the super chat. Um, I want to talk about, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, people. We appreciate you. I don't know what a neocon is, so. Uh, neocon are like the new conservatives that are like war hawks and, and, uh, oh. Okay. Yeah, those types. Okay. Um, they, ain't, they ain't that new because uh, we had a president that was pretty damn good and a good uh, general in World War II that warned us about the military-industrial <laughs> complex. And that was <laughs> hey, the, the, the military-industrial complex pays my salary, so easy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, you guys are talking about a lot of masculine power, seems like in your life and a masculine influence. I believe some of that is missing um, today. Would you guys agree that was missing? And, and, and what else is it about the masculine energy and what that imposes upon young men specifically that makes them turn out different and, and, and the missing piece and, and, and that whole dynamic? Well, there's, there are multiple vectors at play and things here. Uh, number one uh, is the ubiquitous lack of uh, reliable masculine influence in young, young men and young boys' lives. Uh, you know, I, I was raised by a very strong sister. Okay. Um, 
but my sister, she couldn't teach me how to stand up and pee. She couldn't teach me, uh, you know, from a man, from a male side about sex. She couldn't teach me, you know, what it is to be a man. Um, so that's part of it. Number two, and you know, I'm not going down a conspiracy lane here, but it is a fact. Our, our bodies have taken a poison load over the last 50 years that is unprecedented in history. Mm. Uh, it occurred to me uh, many years ago that, you know, for the longest time, when, when we come out of our uh, mama's womb, we, you know, we immediately went to the tit and we received the nourishment of life from our mother externally that she gave us, you know, nine months on the inside. Uh, then, you know, if, if that didn't work or supplementally, you know, we had uh, milk from you know, in bottles and it was in the late forties, I think early fifties that they started coming up with these formulas the, to feed babies. And it was all soy. Mm. And yeah, we joke about soy, this, soy, that. Well, there's science to it. And I'm talking real science, not Fauci science. <laughs> so that combined, I, I, I ain't playing. Uh, you know, combined, that combined with the, the, the lack of a steady male presence and combined with the, uh, you know, let's just call it as it is, the uh, utter brainwashing that is the government education system for the last 60 years, mm. uh, you know, young men don't know how to be young men. And it's, that's why um, they flounder. And I mean, you know, as I said, I grew up in the sixties and I, st it still took me into my, at least into my thirties and certainly into my forties before I began to, to grok and to, to realize how off the mark I was about my view about myself, about my view with the world around me, about my view with women. And just like, damn, I'm spent, I'm, I'm going to have to spend the last half of my life fixing what I did wrong in the first half. Mm. Yeah. Mm. About, you, yeah. You, you, you seem like you had a, a great relationship with your dad. Tell us about what you feel about this whole masculine and, and, and that missing piece. Because Mystic said something, you know, very pivotal. You know, he said that these, these kids don't even know how to do it. They don't have enough examples. Yeah, no, you're right. And, you know, we could, we could spend two days talking about my views on the red pill stuff on Twitter. Mm. Um, and I think what's important to understand is masculinity is just being promoted today. It's not all about, you know, notch count, you know, swooping girls, you know, stuff like that. It's not all about that. It is about how to interact with, with women respectfully and, and finding that partnership, but having a good, having a good relationship with my dad. And I saw it when I was in the military, when I would get, as I became senior and we would get, you know, guys coming in 18, 19, you could see to where the traditional households of a mother, father weren't present and they didn't have that, that male influence. And they craved that young men crave that they don't know it, but they do. Mm. And so they look, they look for that mentor. So I think, you know, even when it comes down to, to, to me being the, the, the mean old Navy chief, I'm going to put my boot up your ass. I'm riding you hard, but it's because it's out of a place if I see potential in you. I think that's what some of the some of the some of the men today that are in the position to mentor and be exemplars to young men 
you, you have to make sure that you do it from a place of love and that you see potential. And that's, that's what you're wanting to do. You're wanting to raise the next generation up. We have to reach behind us. So the masculinity today, we, you know, they they may or may not be focusing on the wrong things, but we have to, we have to shift that to go, what is it that we need to teach our young men? And we don't need to be, we don't need to be putting down single parent. We don't need to be putting down single women parents. That's, that's not, that's not constructive. What you need to do is you need to be reaching out inside your own community. Everybody worries about Bitcoin. They're worried about President Biden. They're worried about this. They can't tell you who their local councilmen are. They don't know who the people in their local community are. Who Fix yourself. Mm. Fix yourself. Quit worrying about trying to get a woman to like you. You won't get a woman to like you until you like yourself. Uh-oh. Be that man. Be that man that you are proud to talk to in the mirror in the morning. Be that man. And then people will flock to you. People will want to hear your message. People will want to talk to you. And then you're not, you're not preaching at a young man. That young man is just going to soak up your wisdom. And I, the last point, I think that masculinity forgets today on Twitter, on Facebook, wherever it is in real life, and I, I learned this lesson daily on Twitter and, and red horse in our circle reminds me just when I think I'm not getting my message across, that's when they remind me that people are reading. They may not respond, but people are watching us all the time. You know, true. you, you have a huge audience. You may put out a tweet and you might think, well, gosh, did anybody, Unfortunately, over the internet, we don't know what young man who read that and said, you know what? Hotep's got a point and he's got his shit together. I think I'm going to, I'm going to take his advice or he reads red horse and goes, Hey, maybe life is beautiful. Maybe there is beauty in life. And maybe he reads my stuff and he goes, honor, honor. What is, what is he talking about? And he DMs me or he goes and just Googles it. I don't care. But that's what we need to understand is that's the whole exemplar thing is you have to remember somebody's little eyes are watching all the time mm. and we need to, we need to focus on that. You, you, you hit on this word and um, I ran across a piece of information on social media the other day and it was talking about, I don't even know how real it was. It was just a meme. And it said that uh, in some Asian culture, maybe it was China, maybe it wasn't. They said that before they teach a child, you know, all this math and science and English, the first thing they saw, taught them was a code of honor. And I thought mm-hmm. that was like, mm-hmm. and, and like ethics, right? Like raise the child on that first, and then they'll have respect for the knowledge and, that you bestow upon them. Um, but you mentioned this word honor, right? So tell me, because I've been thinking about this word honor a lot. So, um, I was even telling a friend today about this whole thing about honor. Like a lot of people miss that even with their family. So I want you guys to tell me, what is honor? What, what exactly is that phenomenon? This is your wheelhouse, Chuck. I'm going to let you keep going. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, to your point is I, I, I did business for the government in Taiwan. Um, spent a, quite a lot of time there and, get, and made friends and got to visit a Taiwan school. And in Taiwan, the first two years of their education, they don't do anything. They don't learn to read, write. They don't do math. Okay. They come, in, they come into school in the morning, and the first thing they do is their exercises. Mm. They do exercises. They learn their basic language, their, their basic manners. There are no janitors in a Taiwan school. Mm. The kids clean the school themselves. Mm. 
and they're taught that ethic of you clean up after yourself, you make a mess, you clean it up. They go to school year round. And then as they get into their lessons, they have to learn English by grade four, Mm. but they learn their ethic first and they learn how to work first and they learn how to learn. But to honor and and I'll reply to honor the same way I've done this before on, on other conversations is I'll ask you a question about honor. So there's a flood. There's, there's massive destruction. A man's food is wiped out. His family's at home. He's got a kid. He walks by a store doors open from the flood. There's bread and milk there. Coolers out. Nobody's around. The man takes the bread and the milk, takes it home, and he feeds his family. Does that man have honor? Mm. I'm scared to answer. No, I mean, <laughs> it, it's, 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 it's an open question, and I, and I want to make people think because my response is someone will say, well, he stole. Yeah. Okay, he did. He yeah. stole. But he did it to feed his family. Yeah. So honor to me, what I tell people what honor is, honor isn't a thing. Honor is a, it's it's almost like a life currency. Mm. Honor is what you do. If if you're willing to, to do something you believe in that is morally right, regardless of a written law or rule, and you do it for the right reasons without any regard or with due regard to the sacrifice that it may cause you, that's honor. It's living a moral code. You got to remember, I tell everybody the Declaration of Independence, and it's not the first words that matter. It's that last sentence. The Declaration of Independence was just one big bitchy tweet, if you want to look at it. <laughs> these, these dudes got together in Philadelphia. They wrote a mean tweet about how pissed off they were at King George and how pissed off they were with all the bullshit that was going on. But at the end, what they said is, hey, we're tired of your shit. We're not going to take it. And to this endeavor, we pledge our, our lives our fortunes and our sacred honor. Mm. You notice they didn't say their sacred lives. You notice they didn't say their sacred fortunes, but they, they were willing to put up their sacred honor and they pledged it mm. that to, to each other. They were going to do the morally right thing of what they thought was right without due regard to the consequences that were coming or consequences be damned. That's mm. what honor is, is how you mm. act every day to your moral code. I can't tell you what's honorable. You have to tell it. And I'll tell you what, brother, when you lay that head down on that pillow at night, I don't care. Your demons will either come back to haunt you because you weren't, or you're going to sleep like a baby because you were. And only you know that. Mm, mm. Um, and there's, let me, let me pick up that football. He just, he just lateraled sure about, about the milk and the, and the bread. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We part of what has been taught for so long is that everything in the world is binary is Mm. in the, you know, it's, it's up, down, left, right, good, good, bad, right, wrong. Uh, This is one of those instances where it's not binary. (laughs) Mm. So 
you, the, the fact that it's hammered into young skulls full of mush that there are zero tolerance policies about anything. Zero tolerance policies are zero thought policies. There are circumstances that are not taken into consideration. You know, it's either this or that. And if there's, if you can't make one of those two choices, you know, a lot of times it's like a robot that's just kind of stuck and, and, and it can't make a decision. You think about that chap that went into the store and got the bread and milk. And he felt terrible about having to do what he did. But a man of honor, when things got cleaned up, when things got put back together, he might go and help the guy that, that was in the, 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 owned the store. He said, look, this is what I did. And you know, I, I, felt, I felt bad about it, but I did what I had to do to feed my family. I want to help you rebuild. At the very least, let me pay for what I bought and, and give you some interest. Let me do something. Mm-hmm. That, that is, moves into my wheelhouse of what I'm always talking about, refinement. Mm. And, 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 and taking something that's just a, a basic thought and a basic premise and making it something more beautiful, more human, more magical. So it, it's not just an either or. You know, it's, it's, it's not Les Miserables, you mm. know, stealing that bread, baby. No, mm. there's there's a whole there's a whole plethora of possibility out there, and you don't you know a man of honor doesn't use that as excuse, you know I I and I look back on my youth and you know yeah I was I was if you had a a, a meter that went from zero to ten you know I was I was a six maybe a seven on the good side, but that means there was there was a lot that I I didn't get right the first time. And again, what I alluded to earlier, I'm spending my, you know, the, the second half of my life um, making right the things that I, I did wrong as a young man. You know, it's, it's very easy when you, if, if someone was to just drop in on this conversation and hear us talking about discipline and belts and whipping and, and all <laughs> that, that they would get the wrong, for me at least, uh, the wrong perspective on things. I try to lead now. I want to be the uh, the proctor that walks into a young room full of men, and and very quietly says, "Feet," and everybody is up on their feet, rather than being a, a drill sergeant. Get up on your goddamn feet, you low lives! Mm. You know that's 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 so boring. Mm. It's so it's so ultimately ineffective. Mm. I want I want to deal with people. I want to live in a world where people want to be there. Mm wherever there is. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if, if you come to me and say you want to learn something and you, your, your, your actions don't match what you're, what you have stated, we ain't going to be together very long. You know, now, but if you come in, all right, I, I don't, I, I wasn't raised to, to know these things. I don't really know. I'm confused, but I'm willing to, you know, you, you're talking to me like a human being. Mm. You're mm. talking to me like so. You, know, you 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 are showing me. You are recognizing dignity, and hopefully soon our interactions will be such that you respect me. Mm. So that's you know that's you 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 put that on top of the uh, that's the superstructure on top of the frame of honor that my brother 
has so elegant, elegantly and eloquently spoken about so many times, you know, mm. least of all tonight. Y'all dropping, y'all dropping change all over the place tonight. Um, <laughs> Breezy 499, uh, he says, uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. He says, need many more men like these two and HJ, of course. Appreciate the love, man. Appreciate the love. Hey, people in the, in, the, in the chat, stop grifting. Hit the super chat button. Drop some change in here. Baby need new shoes. At the very least, hit the like button. Likes are free. Um, I have a nice question for you guys. We're about to round home here. Let's pretend I'm an alien that just crash landed to Earth and I pop up on you guys. And I'm watching the news and I'm, I'm looking at social media. I've acquired somebody's cell phone and I'm watching social media. And I'm just like, what is going on with this life form on this planet and all this arguing and this, the good and the bad of our society, specifically the United States of America. How would you explain that to somebody who, who doesn't understand what's happening or, or even let's say it could have been somebody who spent a lot of time in jail, right? And they came home to this what it is now. How do you even begin to unpack, you know, what's happening in these times? Hoteps, I ask that question every day. <laughs> Especially yeah. in the last 18 months. I'm looking, I, just when you think you can't get any more stupid, the stupid meter pegs a little more. That, that damn needle is bent, my man. And it, I mean, if there is any anything to the whole simulation argument it's mm. what we're seeing on a day in and day out basis i cannot for the life of me yeah talk about gaslighting mm. yeah and i ain't going in any i, I don't want to i don't want to get about the panic i don't want to get up any more into politics than we already have i'm just it, it's like the the absurdity level is if you were to tell me tomorrow that, okay, uh, we have it on good authority, that Godzilla is real and we'll be uh, making an appearance in, in the NYC uh, with, with uh, you know, King Kong hanging out with him and uh, they'll both be wearing pink tutus. At this point, I'm like, it may not be a pink tutu, but I'm, I'm probably sure it will be a tutu. Yeah. <laughs> it's just... So I don't, I couldn't explain it to them. And, you know, if I was to, to do the typical thing of, man, I don't know what these people are doing, but I ain't <laughs> like this at all. I can't like this. Hoteps ain't like this, but they, you know, there are other people who would say the same thing about us. Mm. So the only way to be able to, to explain and to, to get the message across, and this is a fundamental for both uh, my brother and I, is you can't change the world. You got to change yourself. And through the changing of yourself, being the exemplar, being the example that other people go, and this is, this is my saying, I don't know what it is you got. I just know that I want it. Mm. And hopefully we would have enough time to interact with said alien before they, they brought out the death ray and, you know, <laughs> zoomed us all up into some alternate dimension. That's my understanding of it. Chuck, you may, you may have a different way of looking at it. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's a great question. And, you know, you do, you do have to wonder what it would be like if you had to do that, if you had to explain it to them. I think, I think what I would do is 
you know, to try to explain it to them, assuming they can understand my language and, and can understand and walk with me is, or even somebody that comes out of jail that wonders what's going on in the past, you know, 10, 15, 20 years. I'd, I'd take them back to reset. Mm. I'd take them somewhere and I would make them listen to a baby laugh. Mm. Listen to this baby laugh. This is pure. Mm. This is as pure as it gets. This is innocence. This is not knowing the world as we know it. This baby's just laughing. Why is it laughing? It's happy. Does it know why it's happy? No. Did it know? Does it know that it's happy because it took a cold shower? It suntanned its balls. It went and did deadlifts. It only ate meat. And it bought a gumroad course by a guru that told him how to be happy. That baby doesn't know that. That baby's just happy because that baby is happy. It doesn't need a reason. It doesn't need a why. And you just take it and you show the alien. That's, that's baseline pure. You see what's going on now. This is the opposite end of the spectrum. Somewhere along the line, what takes us, there's no reason we still can't be just purely happy for the sake of being happy. We can. Hey. It's in us. But somewhere along the way, we've allowed all of these outside influences to c- convince us this is what you're supposed to do. Buy our product. Our hair, our shampoo will make your hair shinier. No, buy our product. Our car will make you cooler. Smoke my cigarettes. Drink my liquor. Do this. Do that. Do that. Till you just don't know anymore. And sooner or later, people snap, and the evil will take over. And people just become. Some people become inherently evil because they can't help themselves. Mm. So you tell the alien, it's like this is what happened. Can we go back to pure? Sure, we could. You know, life is what it is. But that's how you explain what happened is, and I think this is, is, a, is a life thing to me, is, you know, what, what's your why? If anybody's ever watched Simon Sinek on YouTube, you know, the, he authored Leaders Eat Last, but he also did a YouTube video on what's your why? What makes Apple Southwest, all these people we know but different is we know how we do things. We know what we do, but what's our why? What's your why? Why, you know, why are you doing this tonight? Because you like sitting on a Friday night talking to two old geezers on YouTube? <laughs> no, nah, man. You're doing this because you're trying to get a message out. Yeah. You're trying to get the word out. Same reason we're doing it. What's my why? Why? I want people to be better. And I want them to be better only because it makes them better, but they'll make the next generation better. And that generation will make the next generation better. It's the only legacy that I've got. Legacy isn't a thing. Legacy is a why. Mm. That's what it's all about. Mm, mm. Red Horse, did you want to piggyback off that? Oh, I think anything I add to that would just be taken away from it. Mm, I know. I mean, he really, really nailed it. Um, we've been meaning to have this conversation for a really long time. We finally had the conversation. Um, yeah. I knew it would be epic. I just know well, I'm good for a round two down the road. If you want to do it. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm, I'm blown away. I'm blown away at the conversation we had tonight. Really, really touched, really inspired by you two guys more than I expected to be. And that's no diss. That's a compliment. Um, okay. when we do round two, um, I'd like to come and really like refine some of the solutions and some of the things we can do as a community to alleviate some of these problems. Um, but you know, you know, uh, thank you for coming on the channel, man. Both of you. 
Thank you. Thank you for the invite. This is yeah, this is absolutely. Um, tell the people where they can find y'all. Uh, Twitter for the for me is uh, Billy Red Horse. Uh, my if if I happen to disappear because Jack doesn't like something I say, uh, always gentlemanmystic.com, thegentlemanmystic.com. I'm on Twitter. Uh, you can find me on Minds and Gab, and uh, but still, so far I, I'm I'm you know mining the uh, the gold that is Twitter because I, I have I have a community there. I mean, I consider both of y'all uh, more than acquaintances. Both of you are friends. We've we've both you know we've sat down and shared meals together. We've talked uh, you know offline you know many times about things important and things silly and. You know, that's the kind of stuff that we can, that is going to make the changes. It's not, you know, some formula and, you know, like Chuck was picking at, it's not some gumroad course. It's, it's being able to, to, to see that there are other possibilities. And, you know, the, the, the chief and I, we, we are peddlers of possibility. Mm. Woo. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I mean, if you're looking for me, mostly these days, it's on Twitter. It's uh, at ChiefChuck2K. Um, you know, ChiefChuck.com. You know, it's been a while since I've written anything. Um, I'm wrapped up with a new job and, and and a whole lot of other stuff going on, but that's okay. That's life, and it's I love it. It's a yeah. beautiful thing. Um, you know, the greatest. I think one of the greatest gifts that that. I've ever had bestowed upon me is the ability to put into words and thoughts. Uh, some of the things that my dad taught me, some of the, the things of my heritage and history, um, you know, it's, it's too easy to look back on our heritage and cancel it. People are trying to cancel heritage every day. Mm -hmm. um, take the bad. You got to learn from the bad and the good mm -hmm. from, but from the bad comes good. And, and sometimes from the good comes bad, but either way, we're all on the other side. We're all on this, you know, is, is you know good artist country artist sort of meta modern Sturgill Simpson um it's turtles all the way down the yeah. line you know we're just we're just a bunch of, of folks riding on a little dot on the back of a turtle through space and time mm -hmm. um you know enjoy what we got you know if if people want to know if you got questions about you know you want to probe a little deeper into honor and leadership you know, drop me a line, man. I'll give you the links that I read. I'll give you my thoughts. Um, but I think you're right. We need to come. We need to talk next time about community because it is a community. You know, we're, we're like I said, we're all we're all networked in some way, shape or form. Um, there's six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm sitting here trying to figure out how we, the three of us, were tied to Kevin Bacon, but I'm sure we will at some point in time. But, but no, listen, appreciate everything you do online, man. You guys, you know, between Hotel Nation, you know, your accounts, you know, everybody that follows you, you know, you guys are are, are preaching the truth, and and I love you guys because it's without bias, it's without filter, it's you know, the truth is the truth, right. and people got to understand that. So. You know, let's keep rocking, man. Love nah, you guys. I love it. I love it. Uh, gentlemen, Missy, thank you very much for um, suggesting. It, it was, I have to give credit to you. This was your idea. You were like, yo, this would be dope. And, and I and when you said it, I'm like, yeah, that would be dope. When are we going to do this? And I've just been like crazy busy. I just had a baby and everything like that. So 
um i'm glad we finally got a chance to do it and um when the time is right we're going to do this again um sure and 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 impart some some good wisdom on the people uh arnold a said uh thank you thank you uh there arnold he said this is a great conversation with awesome and real men yeah man these guys are great make sure you, you catch you. up with them on on youtube on, on um on twitter and their respective websites especially support the websites you can get in, in contact with them directly this has been another sharp conversation with hotep jesus you can subscribe to my podcast just type in sharp conversations uh sharp with an e and it'll pop right up or just type in hotep jesus it'll pop up that way as well uh and you can uh catch the audio version of this on uh, apple Podcasts, spotify and uh soundcloud we are out people peace hotep love y'all uh and you can uh catch the audio version of this on uh, apple Podcasts, spotify and uh soundcloud we are out people peace